0: Coming up on today's episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast, we talk about an updated offseason schedule, some comp picks, and the Bucks and Brady back in the news. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I'm James Jarko, joined as always by Bailey Adams. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter, at lockedonbucks at jyarko underscore bucks at BaileyJAdams22, and at bucks underscore Nation. Bailey, how you doing, buddy? Doing all right. Um, we're here to talk
1: about the schedule being changed for the NFL offseason, which means
0: just a little bit more time to talk about the same stuff over and over again. True statement, but before we get into that, apparently, according to a very angry text that I got this morning, I owe you an apology <laughs> because you love the show Friends.
1: I do, I do. I, I don't know if it aged poorly with other people, but it did not age poorly with me. My mom and I watch that show literally all the time. It's behind the office for me, but yeah, it's
0: it's up there. Oh well, yeah, everything's behind the office. The oh, office of is the greatest show ever. Absolutely. But, yeah, I mean, I just I I guess I didn't mean you specifically. I just meant kind of your age group because, I mean, you see it on Twitter, too, don't you? People complaining about how dumb friends is because of how badly it aged. I've seen people
1: say that. I mean, I have a lot of friends that like it, but I have seen people say that basically it's in the same way. It's like Seinfeld where it's a show about nothing and there's no diversity. I've seen that argument all the time and all that kind of stuff. So. I get it, but yeah, I mean, I, I love it. I know a lot of people that love it, but yeah, I get you.
0: Yeah. It's still, it still throws me off when I go back and rewatch it and I see a very, very young John Favreau on there and it, it just kind of throws me off for a minute. Oh yeah. All right. Well, now that we have that out of the way, let's talk Tampa Bay lightning just to drive David insane. No. Um, (laughs) Okay, so hey, you guys went
1: like 16 minutes yesterday without Yeah,
0: that was mostly my fault, but David kind of gave me the platform to to tell everyone about the the Notre the Notre Dame trip and and all that, but you know, it is what it is. <laughs> I I at this point think people would probably rather listen to that than listen to us talk about quarterbacks for the 3497th time in the last 2 months. You are not incorrect but guess what we're going to talk about quarterbacks in a little bit. Cool. Um so the NFL kind of released a, a little bit of info today. Of course everyone is aware of, of the new CBA that is being voted on by the players. Well, the NFL went ahead and extended the deadline for players to vote on this. As a result, teams were going to have to franchise or transition tag players before the voting had concluded so the NFL went ahead and bumped the franchise slash transition tag deadline so a whole lot of shifting going on so the schedule coming up this weekend slash next week is as follows the deadline for players to vote on the new CBA is Saturday at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time. So they basically have up until midnight Sunday. On Monday, teams have until 11.59 a.m. Eastern Time to place the franchise or transition tag on a player. One minute later, at noon, the legal tampering window is officially open. And I say officially because, number one, that's what they have it listed as. And number two, we all know tampering has been happening since Mobile, Alabama. Finally, Wednesday at 4 o'clock p.m., the new league year begins and free agency officially kicks off, which means players are able to begin signing with new teams. So with all of that in mind, Mr. Adams, sir, (laughs) how long do you think the Bucs are going to wait to place a franchise tag on whoever they're placing it on? We're still assuming uh, that it's Shaq Barrett. Is it going to be 1158 AM when they place this tag just to really drive us insane?
1: I wouldn't think so, but man, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't really put it past them, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, I think theoretically it does give them more time to maybe try to work something out longer term with Shaq if that's the, the route they want to go. Um, but I don't know. It doesn't give them that much more time. I mean, it gives them an extra few days. I still think the franchise tag will come, and I think I, I think probably on Monday. I just don't know if it'll be like up to the last minute. I think it'll come on Monday, though, is is my guess. And, of course, like, I, I'm
0: saying that now. They'll probably put it on him tomorrow, but we'll see. I hope they put it on him tomorrow. I was hoping they were going to put it on him today.
1: <laughs> because that <laughs> meant
0: that we didn't have to talk about quarterbacks. Exactly. <laughs> oh, goodness. So, yeah, and we've seen plenty about this, this new CBA. And... uh For those that don't know, and and Bailey, correct me if I'm wrong. Is it Sam Acho or Acho? I think it's Acho. I think it is Acho. Hopefully, I'm not wrong. Yeah, for those that haven't seen, um, Sam Acho has been putting out some really, really impressive videos on Twitter lately, where he's explaining. Different parts of the CBA and how it's both a good deal and a bad deal, depending on what kind of player you are. For some of these guys, it's a bad deal because they're in this top one percent of the NFL. You, you the guys that are outspoken on Twitter, the JJ Watts, the Aaron Rodgers. You know, those those level of player, it's a bad deal for them. But when you're looking at the The people at the bottom of the rosters that are fighting for, for roster positions, that are on the practice squad trying to work their way up, things like that, it's a great deal for those guys. So I think what, what it's really going to boil down to is, will the 65% of the NFL that makes league minimum decide to go ahead and vote this thing through to help themselves out Or are they going to be almost, I I don't want to, for lack of a better term, are they going to be bullied into voting this down and hoping for something better? Um, Because I'm sure some of those guys believe, you know, at some point with enough hard work and enough opportunity, they'll move up to that top 1%. It's unlikely, but they believe that. But then you look at a guy like Shaq Barrett. You know, he wasn't, you know, he was that bottom 65%. And now all of a sudden he's about to make bank because he had 19 and a half sacks. So guys are, are looking at, you know, what could benefit them now versus what could benefit them long term. And it, it's a sticky situation, but the fact that the dialogue has been open and and they're trying to get this done bef- you know, well before this thing expires, I think, is a positive sign. It gives them some time to work. Um, but the bailey did you do you happen to remember the name of the player that was just voted the the player rep president from it was cleveland? from
1: the cleveland browns
0: yeah um is it like tenny or Tooney? or joe it's like joe joe Tunney. anyway <laughs> he's one of the guys that voted yes for this cba but he's also one of the guys that understands the flaws and is trying to work towards fixing them. At least that was what I, I saw. I believe it was it was either J- from Schefter or Rappaport on on Twitter. JC Treader. Treader, we were close. Did, did, did we?
1: Somebody did the Tunny <laughs> did a free agent spotlight on someone in Tunny, didn't they? Uh, I don't
0: know, they kind of did. That was a thing. I feel like I didn't make that up, but. That was a thing that happened on BucksNation.com. Okay. But anyway, yeah, for those of you that are interested, and I do recommend doing so, go over to Sam Acho's Twitter, watch some of these videos that he's put out, because he does explain some really solid things about the pros and cons of of the CBA. And uh, he even gets into some of the some of the medical stuff and some of the pensions for former players and and how more people are going to be included in the pensions. They're going to do the vested veteran going from four years in the league back to three years, so more guys are going to be eligible. The pensions are going to be raised, but on the flip side, it's going to be harder to get, um, you know, like the the long term disability benefits that the NFL offers. They're going to be a little bit more strict on on who gets those. So it may be more difficult for some of these former players to be able to get access to those, um, those medical advantages as far as, as the compensation is concerned. So, yeah, I mean, look, no CBA is ever going to be perfect. And we're, we're talking about billionaires versus millionaires, but you know, finding some of this common ground is, is certainly beneficial. And it looks like, You know, one way or another, we're going to end up with a 17 game season before too long. Right. And I think it's important. I know as much as I
1: joke about everything being pushed back and the franchise tags not getting to get any closure on that until Monday now, as much as I joke about that, it's it's probably a good thing they're pushing the deadline back because I I know they're not, they don't want to encourage, they want to encourage against apathy, I'm sure, um, as far as voting and players not really caring one way or the other because this is important, obviously, for for them and, and their futures. So, and there's so much that goes into it that to have a guy like Sam Acho out there and to have people out there kind of explaining what's, the you know, the good and the bad of it, it's a really good thing. And and hopefully, you know, this thing gets resolved um, well before it needs to so we don't have any danger of, of a lockout or anything, um, anything like that.
0: All right. Well, Bailey, let's talk about quarterbacks. Don't you want to go comp picks first? Oh, we didn't mention the comp pick. We didn't. I'm a terrible human.
1: I just wanted to delay the quarterback talk, honestly.
0: Well, yeah, especially since, you know, you had something up on Bucks Nation about a quarterback. Um, (laughs) Yeah, the the NFL released the list of uh, compensatory picks. And holy crap, the Buccaneers got one. It's time to throw a party. It is time to throw a party. Not that this was unexpected. Uh, the Buccaneers received a fourth round pick. It is the 33rd pick in the fourth round and 139th overall because of losing Quan Alexander with the way they do the compensatory pick formula to figure out what teams get what picks and yada, yada, yada. Um, the Buccaneers qualified for uh, the, the fourth rounder because of losing Quan Alexander. Now, Bailey. You did a little bit of research. I did a little bit of research. But we looked up the last 20 years of compensatory picks as far as who was drafted 139th overall. We found two, I guess three, guys <laughs> that were actually worth mentioning. Right. Last year it was who? Deontay Thompson, yes. safety at Alabama. Safety out of Alabama, which I'm I believe many, many Buccaneers fans will remember that uh people were pining for him to be drafted to the Buccaneers. Uh he went to was it Washington? Arizona, I believe. Arizona, okay. Then there was Jameis Winston favorite. Rashad Green. Green.
1: John that Green, was- also John Green's favorite. Not really, but if you remember Jameis's uh Gruden QB Camp. I know John Gruden called Jameis out for kind of staring down Rashad on quite a few of you know the little clips of film
0: they watched. Oh, I don't I don't buy that for one second. Jameis Winston never <laughs> stares down receivers. I set you up for that one, didn't I? A little bit. I yeah. couldn't not take it. Yeah. And then of course there was DC Defenders person, Legend. Cardell Jones. I wasn't going to say that (laughs) quarterback Cardell Jones. So he was, he was worth that 139th pick. Yikes. You can't see it, but I'm doing the Jim Halpert from the office face when Michael says something really bad, you know, kind of the (laughs) semi frown big eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Doing that one. Um, but, hey, it picks a pick, and we all know that Jason Light kind of likes to maneuver a little bit in the draft. He might take that comp pick and package it with something else and and move his way up and, into another round, and, you know, things things can happen. So, you know, maybe there's a guy slipping on day two, and he wants to get back up in the, the end of the third round. So he takes his fourth-round pick and his fourth-round compensatory pick and says, hey, why don't you go ahead and, and – give me this pick in the third round and you can have two more tomorrow and and move up and take somebody but yeah i mean it's it's nice to get the extra draft pick because the buccaneers are missing a draft pick in one of these rounds are they not isn't it the 7th i want to say or is it is it 6 that's that's a late pick i believe yeah and that was from a trade they made last year on draft right. day right yeah right i believe so and i think, I think it was thing-
1: yeah, and I think the good thing, too, is just having that extra pick, like you said, you can have the flexibility of being able to package it with something else and move up. But also, if you want to stay there and make the pick, I mean, there this is a, a deep draft as far as receivers go, and there's quite a few running backs out there. So if you're kind of waiting to get that maybe number three, number four receiver um, till day three, there could be a, a good guy there, um, you know, willing willing to pick up with that fourth round compensatory pick. So gives them some flexibility, gives them an extra pick to kind of address whatever they want to address, really.
0: Well, I mean, by the time that comp pick rolls around, they're already going to have their offensive tackle, and they're already going to have Clyde Chocolate-Eclair. <laughs> yeah, you know, they're going to be good to go. They won't need to draft a running back or a tackle right there. Just maybe that's where – yeah, I would say maybe that's where the receiver comes in, but I would assume a receiver has been drafted by then, too, because friend of the show, J.C. Cornell of the Draft Network, tweeted out on Tuesday – that he was hearing that the Buccaneers' free agent spending spree is going to be on a quarterback and the defense, and that the draft was going to go offensive heavy, which makes sense. They need to address the offensive line, they need to address running back. There's a good chance they're going to need to get another quarterback. They're going to need some depth along the offensive line. So you're looking at at least one more pick there. Still going to need a backup quarterback at the very least. Um, See, it makes sense that they would have to go offensive heavy in this year's draft. So, you figure their their free agent spending spree is probably going to be mostly in house. You got Shaq Barrett, JPP, Carl Nassib, and Dominick Sue, all the guys that we keep talking about all the time when we talk <laughs> about how the Bucks are going to spend their their allocation of cash. And of course, there's the quarterback now bailey we have to talk about unless you want to talk briefly you know the puck just dropped about how kucherov got demoted to the second line i
1: mean it, it literally anything to delay this quarterback talk a little bit more i think it's fine so yeah, I actually don't have the game on yet because um, it would be behind my back anyway but uh yeah interesting interesting development there
0: I don't know if that's because they need someone to kind of anchor that second line a little bit. Teaming up Kucherov with Sorelli could be really a lot of fun to watch. Or if they're just trying to get Blake Coleman going, because he's yeah, you know, he was the guy that they spent more capital on at the trade deadline when they traded for uh Barkley Goodrow and and you know, they got Coleman a couple of days before the trade deadline. But Coleman had a lot of personal stuff going on and he certainly didn't expect to get traded. So his whole life gets upended. His wife is like 39 weeks and four days pregnant. They're expecting to have a child in New Jersey. All of a sudden they got to up and move uh, all the way down to Tampa from New Jersey. And it was during dad's weekend. So now his dad is helping them move down to Florida instead of traveling with the devils and hanging out with the other dads and, uh, yeah, and then his, he misses time because his wife has their, their daughter. And yeah, maybe they're just trying to get, get him going a little bit because he's had, he's had a lot of stuff off the ice that has kind of distracted him a little bit. Yeah, I
1: don't think it would be any reflection on Kucherov anyway because I don't know. I don't think he's really had any issues since step benching. It was like back in December. I think everything's been pretty smooth sailing since then. So I would think it's more to probably get Coleman going, probably get something going on the second line too.
0: Oh, and this is wild right now. They got Kucherov, Sorelli, and Point out there, which is just, I don't know what John Cooper's doing. I'm lost. I don't know. I really don't know. But I would really like to come out of this with two points, though, and and continue to just send the Maple Leafs down a, a sadistic spiral of, of chaos. You would love to see it. You would love to see it. And who doesn't want to see a Tampa-Florida first-round matchup? Oh, that'd be nice. Especially forget about the Blue Jackets. Let's just get the revenge on Bobrovsky. That I don't think, uh, I don't know. I'm not going to say it. Never mind.
1: That's the focus, Bailey. I'm going to say it. Say it. I can't. It's going to send the universe into a downward spiral as far as Lightning
0: fans are concerned. You know what else is going to send the world into a downward spiral? Talking about quarterbacks. Tom Brady coming to the Buccaneers. But I don't know if it's a
1: downward spiral. It's an upward.
0: No, no. Bailey, from the sports landscape. Okay. People are going to look at this and go, why? Why would Tom Brady go to the Buccaneers? Tampa is a beautiful city. It is a beautiful city. And Tom Brady is going to be 43 years old, and he's probably sick of the snow. I'm sick of the snow, and I don't even live in the snow. I've never even seen snow. Then you can be sick of it. Yeah, I can. Sure. I don't I don't want to be any part of that. I'm 34, and I'm sick of the snow. And we had a mild winter this year. <laughs> Kids had one snow day, and it wasn't even worth it. There wasn't even snow on the ground. Bummer. Yeah. What
1: else can we talk about before the quarterbacks?
0: No, we got to get to the quarterbacks so, uh, so we can get this episode over with. All right. <laughs> so I wrote about it on Monday for Bucksnation.com. Jeff, Jeff Darlington was on Adam Schefter's podcast, and he was talking about the things that Tom Brady is going to look for as a free agent quarterback in the team that he may want to sign with. And he starts talking about how Tom Brady and Bruce Arians are a perfect fit. And how the Buccaneers are going to be a very attractive option for a multitude of reasons. Bailey Adams of com wrote Ayo. a free agent profile about quarterback Tom Brady? Bailey, did, anything you want to share from that?
1: I did do that. Um, I will share that of all the free agent spotlights I've written, this was the longest one. And the longest section was the why it works section. Um, not that that really means anything, because who am I? But, you know, it's, Bailey it's, Adams. <laughs> it's just, uh, it feels like where there's smoke, there's fire. It feels like one of those situations where there's so much, Going in favor of the Buccaneers, that this is actually a real possibility. That no one, no one really, at least I don't know. I can't say no one, but I don't think a lot of people are really giving the Bucks a legitimate chance. I know it's like, why do they keep mentioning the Bucks? Like, why are the Bucks keep mentioning and, and keep being mentioned in, ter- in terms of Tom Brady's future? But I don't know, man. It's it's something that seems. Not likely, but they'll be in the mix, it looks like. And that's something that's more than I could have said a couple weeks ago, because a couple of weeks ago, I would have thought no chance at all.
0: People are not willing to accept that this is a legitimate possibility. That's what it boils down to. Because you have the greatest quarterback of all time, potentially going to the worst franchise of all time. <laughs> That's what this boils down to. But that's enough of our speculation as the Toronto Maple Leafs go on a power play. Ryan McDonough, two minutes for hooking. McDonough looked bad the other day, did he not? Didn't look great. Did not look great, but yeah, that's a month a month's worth of rust. It's true. Anyway, ESPN's Diana Rossini, she was on Get Up. And as they do on ESPN every day, they started talking about the quarterbacks, especially Tom Brady. So, we're going to drop a little audio here for you of Diana Rossini on Get Up talking about Tom Brady's market not quite being what it's perceived, and what teams she's reached out to as far as teams that actually are interested in the services of the GOAT.
2: There are eight teams, maybe more, involved in these Tom Brady sweepstakes. Is that accurate with what the market actually looks like who want Tom Brady? Look, you're going to say Tom Brady, and every owner, every head coach, every GM is going to go, hmm, I'm intrigued. Uh, But the reality is, from just talking to sources around the league, it seems Brady is a lot more interested in teams than teams are actually interested in Tom Brady. I think a lot of Organizations are sitting back right now watching to see how the next few days go. Adam Schefter was reporting yesterday that this week he expects Brady and the New England Patriots to have some sort of conversation because they need to make a decision. New England needs to figure out what they're going to do here at the quarterback spot. Brady, are you coming back or not? Uh, I think once that conversation happens, the chips begin to fall. But in, in terms of Brady's interest in these other teams versus teams being interested in brady I, I think it goes like this to this wow
0: mm-hmm. wow so so i want to make sure i'm understanding what you're saying and this is my favorite phrase now that we hear every year this time <laughs> and never otherwise do are you saying the market for brady isn't as
2: robust <laughs> <laughs> as we have as we have what might otherwise assume or in some cases have been led to think uh, I, I think at this point right now brady's interest in other teams outweighs the amount of teams that are interested Are there teams out there that are all in that I've talked to? Uh, I talked to Tampa Bay. They would love to have Tom Brady. They are willing to give Tom Brady the things he needs, he wants. And some of those things that Brady wants, control over roster. He wants to be part of the playbook, or at least making decisions, um, you know, on the play calling. If you take a look at what Bruce Arians has done in the past with Ben Roethlisberger, they both have been very public about how BAs let Ben call plays. So, Talk about a match made in heaven in terms of if that's what Brady's looking for. If he wants control, Bruce Arians is the guy he should match what, up with.
1: What I'm interested in is I don't know how much of that is some coaches respecting who they currently have on their roster and some coaches who don't care. I mean, think about Bruce Arians. Yeah. He doesn't mind defending Jameis Winston at all whatsoever, whereas other coaches, Mike Rabel, it's in his best interest not to uh, – Make Ryan Tannehill upset, so to speak. So what what's so interesting with this is Diana is who which coaches and organizations are playing at coy? Whereas is there a true lack of interest in Tom Brady? Because I personally, maybe I'm living in the past, but I just don't see how you can look at Tom Brady and not be interested. Oh, I love
0: Tom Brady. I think there is interest there. So that was that was get up talking about Tom Brady. By the way, while that audio is playing, David, you'll be Thrilled, I'm sure, to know that Mikhail Sergachev took a puck off the head, so he's on the bench.
1: Oh, man, <laughs> oh, he's back on the ice, apparently.
0: Uh, what Twitter yep. is telling me. Yep, he is. He just came back out. He's the goat. He is. I love Sergachev. Anyway, here's here's the thing about what Diana Rossini said when she started talking about the Bucs are willing to give Tom Brady what he wants. And she mentioned control of the roster. I do not believe that that means that they are going to Tom Brady to make legitimate roster and player personnel decisions. What that means is Bruce and, and Jason would call Brady into the office and say, look, these are the running backs we're looking at in the draft. We want you to sit down and watch some film with us and and research these guys. Let us know which ones you would really like to work with, or they're saying, "Hey, we got a spot to fill at at receiver. You know brashad's gonna move on. We need to fill we need to fill a spot. Are there any guys out there that maybe you work out with or you've played with that you would be comfortable bringing in somebody that you, you know, want to play with, somebody that you feel would fit this role. You know, they're going to ask for his input. He's not going to actually make decisions. The actual decision making that he would be doing, the real power that he would have is exactly what they talked about. Bruce, having done with Roethlisberger, he also did it with Andrew Luck, and he also did it with Carson Palmer. Brady would get to control the game plan. He would sit down with with Bruce and Byron. They would, you know, he would help develop the game plan, script the plays. Um, it, he would be calling plays on the field, I'm sure. You know, that's the kind of control he would truly have.
1: Yeah, and I think especially with the roster thing, it, it kind of sounds a little bit like I'm not a huge NBA guy, but I know there's kind of that stigma around LeBron James. That's what he he has going on with him. And I think even in this situation maybe even to a lesser extent than what LeBron has cuz LeBron, it always seems like LeBron as great as he is has kind of undermined co- coaching staffs at times. Like it's basically cool, but... it's just that joke that it's oh, LeBron's the coach and he's you know the best player. But I don't think it would be like that at all. I think like you're saying, it would be more of those, hey, we're we're deciding between these guys, let's get let's get Tom's opinion. You know, let's let's see what Tom would like to I know, how he would like to run this offense and like what guys he would like to run this offense with. And, you know, that's not to say he's gonna be making the draft picks, it's just getting his input, I think, would be you know, more more control than m- most, if not all other quarterbacks in the NFL. So if that's something that's important to Brady and, and if, you know, she's, she said, she talked to the bucks and that's something they're willing to, to give up to him. I mean, I think that's another, yeah. another tally in, in the bucks column, as far as attracting Tom Brady, which, you know, I don't, I, I still am. I'm, I'm the firm belief that I won't, but I won't see, or I won't believe it until I see it, but there's so much behind this right now that it kind of feeling a little bit, a little bit
0: crazy. It's getting a little weird the other thing to remember especially in terms of you know what what Rossini was saying as far as the roster and and everything if if the bucks sign tom brady if anybody signs tom brady you have a two at the absolute most three year window to win a championship tom has won six of them he's been to what nine 9 Obviously, he knows what he needs to get there. You are going to include him in those types of conversations and decisions. You are going to make this as comfortable an environment as you can to help win that championship in that brief window that you have. That is that is a very key thing to remember. So yeah, it's not going to be you know, breaking news on NFL Network, Tom Brady has reached out to so-and-so and offered him a contract to join him in Tampa. That's not how that's going to work. That's not what, what Rossini means when she says roster control. Um, but yeah, you are... If you are signing Tom Brady, you are all in right now. This is not a... Rebuilding move, this is not a bridge move. This is, we got two years. We are all in. We may screw ourselves on the cap situation in 2024 and 2025, but we are winning a championship in this window. We have to. That is the move that you make here. So, again, they're just... There's enough reports and enough, you know, the whole where there's smoke, there's fire thing to think that this is a very legitimate, very viable option for the Buccaneers. But at some point, I I try to take a step back and I think, you know what? We've seen this before. We've seen this play out before where there ends up nothing happens. You know, the the Bucks were linked to... You know this big free agent and this big free agent and this big free agent, and then nothing came of it. You know, sometimes Tampa gets used as a leverage city by agents to try to get more money elsewhere, and they always have the excuse of like, you know, well, it was the Bucks. Obviously, we really wanted to go here, um, but I still maintain He's going back to the Patriots, isn't he? Probably. That would that would that would be a thing. That's how this all um, gonna end, isn't it? I still think you're very hard pressed to find a team that has more offensive talent and offensive weapons than the Buccaneers that Tom Brady can can win with. You need a running back. You need an offensive tackle. You need depth along the offensive line, and I love. Bailey, you mentioned it last week when we were talking about this. I love how people still continue to assume that the 2020 offensive line is going to be the same as the 2019 <laughs> offensive line. Yep, this is a real problem that we have. We really do. All right. Well, Bailey, I think that's gonna about do it. Anything else that you want to uh, you want to throw out there before we we call it quits? No, uh, nothing. Nothing I can think of. Um, everybody keep following
1: along on com. We'll have some, some more free agent spotlights coming up, leading up to free agency beginning next week. And then we'll start our draft prospects.
0: Um, is it 40 and 40 days? Is that what it was? 30 and 30 this year because 30 30. free agency begins closer to the draft than it has in years past. Well, 30 and 30. There you go.
1: Uh, 30 yeah, we'll 30 have- brings back bad memories. I can't say that anymore. The way 30 and 30, just, I don't, I can't, yeah. I, I can't hear 30 and 30 anymore without thinking of James Winston. So.
0: Well, yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just going to leave that one alone. <laughs> um, yeah. Our, our free agent and legal tampering tracker will be up Monday morning. And uh, we will have all the latest posted on there for everyone to be able to catch up real quickly. So yeah, plenty of free agency coverage for all of you over at bucksnation.com. Make sure you're sending us your voicemails to 813-444-5841. Follow along on Twitter at lockedonbucks at JayArco underscore bucks at BaileyJAdams22, and at bucks underscore Nation you made it halfway through the week. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. And we thank you so much for joining us right here at Lawson.